0: Good afternoon and welcome to Deep in Scripture. I'm Marcus Grody, your host for this program, and we're coming to you from the uh, studios at the Coming Home Network International. I hope that uh, you enjoy these Deep in Scripture programs. As I've said in the past, that we've been going through a a period of a, a particular kind of Deep in Scripture program that we're calling memorable verses. If you go online, you'll see a variety of themes we've covered in the past including verses we never saw and hard verses, and uh, but we're going to uh, focus today on a memorable verse, and I've got a, a, a friend, uh, Don Smith, that's joined me from the beautiful state of Maine. Um, and even though I'm in fall weather here in September uh, in Ohio, uh, Don, have you got your first snow yet up there in Maine? Uh,
1: no, not, not snow, but our leaves are starting to change color, and it's uh, pretty chilly in the evenings now, so it's yeah. good i love this time of year
0: <laughs> yeah and uh, i love maine i love the only bad thing about maine is it's so far away from me in ohio i love every time <laughs> i i visit so it's great to have you join us on the program and thank you for having me and, and for any of the audience that's listening if you went to the coming home network website chnetwork.org, and and uh, google don's name don smith you'll find his appearances on uh, the journey home and other things and so it's just it's good to have you join us Don. now i know you know the format but just in case the audience does it the we have a five-step process in our memorable verse episodes uh, and don and i have come to the program with both of us have verses that we consider important and memorable but we don't know what each are bringing to the program So I'm going to begin by sharing my text, and then secondly why, and I'll talk a bit about it for a while, and then invite Don to join and give his thoughts on my verse without mentioning his yet. And then once we've waxed eloquently for a while, then thirdly I'll ask Don to share his verse, and then fourthly to talk about why, and then after a while I'll join him. And then fifthly we'll end the program by talking about how the two verses go together in our walk with Jesus Christ in his church. And we have found this to be a fun process over the last couple of months. So what is my verse for today? Well, of course, Don, I, I have to do this every week, so I'm having to come up with a lot of memorable verses, <laughs> but that's all right. The one that I'm sharing today uh, 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 bespeaks of this idea of memorable verses that all I'm 67 years old, and and I've encountered a lot of scripture in my life, and have memorized different scriptures over the years for different reasons. Some of them apologetic, some of them pastoral, um, and some of them spiritual, let's say. But this particular verse that I'm sharing today is one of those verses that when I was a a Protestant uh, and a and a pastor, I I pretty much ignored and partially because I really didn't have a good explanation for it. So it could have been one of those verses I never saw, but then after becoming Catholic, I I considered it very important and came to understand it in a different way than before. But as I've continued in my faith as a Catholic and encountered a variety of things, both as a father and as a leader of an apostolate, and a variety of other issues, I've come to see this verse e- in even a little different way. And, and actually, Don, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on this, because I'm guessing this might have been one of those verses you didn't do deal with much either as a pastor, Don. So
1: there were a few a few of those that that were avoided.
0: Oh boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a, a, a you know a huge five drawer file cabinet of all the the sermons I preached for over 10 years, and there isn't one file in there on John chapter six, just for example. (laughs) So anyway, but the first I'm going to talk about today comes from Colossians chapter one, verse 24. And that is now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church. And I avoided that before I was a Catholic. I really didn't know how to deal with that for a number of reasons. I really didn't have a good handle on suffering. I, as an evangelical Calvinist, understood my perspective was that Christ's redemption was complete. This idea of something lacking didn't make sense to me. I also didn't have a handle on what the church was, so I just didn't go there. Although in the context, I felt great affinity for Paul, because in the verse right before, he said, "...from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which has been preached to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." And then the verse afterwards, he says, "...of which I became a minister according to the divine office, which was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known." So the sandwich, if you will, around this verse 24, is Paul talking about his calling to proclaim the gospel. So that's the sandwich. Now, as a Catholic... I came to understand this verse as talking about the Catholic understanding of redemptive suffering, that, that we are not individuals, but we are part of the body of Christ. And when I suffer, my suffering can be for the good of others if I offer it up, if I understand it that way, if I accept it that way, that, that you suffer, I suffer. The way in which you are comforted, the way, that's the way I'm comforted. There's a redemptive value of that. And so, in God's mercy, we actually share in the redemption of the world in our partnership with Christ. There's a deep theological understanding of that. The best writing on that that I know of was John Paul's encyclical on suffering. Mm-hmm. It, it was basically right. a, a Bible study of this. Okay. Yep. But here's where I'm taking it a bit farther, Don. And I might, if, if I'm stepping too far off the the narrow path, you, you knock me back in with a two mm-hmm. by four. But... Here's, here's a way I've also come to understand that in the in the context. Because if you if you go back even two verses before this, he says, well, he, he begins, and you who once were estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. And of course, Paul's writing to Christians who, who by grace were brought out of where they were into body. Now he's talking to Christians. In verse 22, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. Verse 23, provided that you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. Now, The context of this passage is the spiritual warfare that every Christian encounters when they commit themselves by grace to follow Christ. And especially any man or woman that follows a call into a life of ministry. That they invite the battle. And one, one verse that jumps out at me in that way is a book that I didn't look at when I was a Protestant, but it's in the book of Sirach. I'll just say quickly Sirach chapter 2 says, My son, if you come forward to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for temptation. And Don, you know, mm-hmm. you and I know. And when we look at priests, bishops, cardinals, popes that fail, we, we see ourselves in that and recognize that it, anyone who hears the call to extend their life in ministry is inviting a battle. As we mm-hmm. tape this program, today is the feast day of St. Cyprian and Cornelius, who are martyrs, and they gave their life to serve Christ. And they accepted that. And so the context here is provided that you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope. So Paul recognizes that people go through suffering, and sometimes the suffering that we encounter is to distract us from what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. And if you will, the context is, He says, now I rejoice in the sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church. Now, what was it that Paul was to do to complete what is lacking in the church? And Paul's calling was to proclaim the gospel. That's what was lacking. And so if you will, Paul's calling was to proclaim the gospel, to fulfill that which was lacking. Each one of us has a calling that is a part of fulfilling what is lacking. Your ministry, my ministry, every individual Christian has a gift and an opportunity to complete what is lacking, even if it's prayer. That's one of the ways we complete what is lacking in the church. And the truth is that every single one of us, if we say, yes, Lord, I'll do that, you invite a battle. And sometimes it's suffering that tries to discourage you, to talk you out of it, to back off. And if you do that, you will not fulfill your calling to complete what is lacking. In fact, if some of the suffering is because you have a bad marriage, excuse me, I'll put that in quotes, but you have a difficult marriage or a difficult relationship, and so you'd said, I've had it, I'm out of here, I'm not wanting nothing to do with it, in the end, you've, you've destroyed your witness, and therefore you're not able to complete what is lacking because you allowed that suffering to overwhelm you. So what's Paul's answer? You rejoice in that suffering. He doesn't mean you get giddy and happy about, oh, I'm going through suffering. No, he's it's a part of another memorable verse, which Don and I both know, and that is from Psalm 118, that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is what we were given. These are these are the challenges, these are the battles. These are the ways that the enemy will try and prevent us from doing what we're called to do. I will, by grace, rejoice in the midst of it. I will focus on gratitude. I will look for wells ways to reach out. I'll not get overwhelmed focusing on all this suffering. Why me? Why me? Why me? Because my calling is to be a witness for Christ so that through him, I can help complete what is lacking in the church. Your thoughts, my friend?
1: Wow. I mean, there's just so much here. I mean, I'm reminded of the scripture in James chapter one, where it says, consider it pure joy when you fall into various trials, right? And uh, which is totally insane. Who would consider it complete joy to fall into <laughs> yeah. various trials? But he says after that, we can do that because we know something, right? And it's the same uh, phrase, uh, the same word that Paul uses when he says he rejoices in his sufferings. knowing that. You know, suffering produces patience and patience character and character produces hope and hope never disappoints us. It's like it's like suffering is the school of hope. Yeah. And of course, if we're gonna be witnesses, then we have to be we're witnesses to hope, right? Yeah. And and the idea is that we God brings us through these times of suffering, these hopeless situations, hopeless as far as our flesh is concerned, right. so that so that we learn to trust in him. So yeah. that we can we know he is the God of hope.
0: He begins Second Corinthians with that comment about we're comforted that we might comfort. Right. We're comforted yep. that we might comfort. It. So mm-hmm. if you will, the book of Job is in the Bible, not because it's a story about one person, but it's a story about every single person. That's right. Every one of us, especially those. And that's why we have to pray for our priests and our bishops and our cardinals and our Holy Father, mm-hmm. because... If they, as I said in Sirach, are willing to take a step forward in the name of Christ, then there will be battles, mm. unbelievable battles, to discourage them. I can think, Don, you can too. I can think of, of a number of Christian leaders that we've known who had great opportunities for witness to fulfill what was lacking in the church, but their lives became a disaster.
1: Right. And even in the news in these last few weeks, a lot of Christian leaders' marriages have fallen apart. Have committed suicide. It's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, We are in a a battle. We are. And when there's a battle, of course, there's casualties.
0: And I think we're in particularly difficult time. Uh, and we—that's an another discussion for another moment. But I, I truly believe we are in a difficult time. Right now, in the church and in our culture and what's happening in our families and morality and our culture, and for that reason, even more so, Christians, Catholic Christians will encounter suffering. Right. And we hold each other up so that we can rejoice in this suffering. Again, not be giddy oh happy I'm getting killed, mm-hmm. but that we, Rick, in the midst of this, there is hope.
1: Yeah. As you pointed out. Non- not only that, but John Paul, when he's talking about this verse, says that that we can unite our sufferings to Christ and offer it for other people, and he says that is the most powerful prayer we have. Yeah, that that is uh, that is the most effective way of bringing salvation to souls is by offering our sufferings in in the modeling of what Christ did.
0: I thought of one more us. verse to throw in there, and that's First Peter. 413, but rejoice in so far as you share mm-hmm. Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. It's a process. Yeah. It's a process of, of, of standing true by grace.
1: Yeah. You know, if you do a study of suffering in the New Testament, you discover that the new testament writers and jesus have a totally different perspective of suffering than we do as modern western people right because i mean jesus says blessed are the poor right well i've never driven through a slum section of a city and thought wow these people are super blessed right i mean I, right i am just the opposite i go to the ocean i see a big multi million dollar mansion i think that person's blessed but that is the exact opposite of what
0: jesus taught Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. In fact, even today in the the office of uh, readings this morning, uh, it was quoting Psalm 73, which is a great Psalm of conversion where a guy says, I almost lost it. I Mm. almost did. And why? Because he was looking at those guys with the big mansions on the beaches. I almost lost it. I mean, they yeah. got it great. Everything's fine. Nothing goes wrong for those guys. What's wrong with that? You know. And yeah. he says, but if I'd have gone that way, he basically says, I'd have been a horrible witness to my people. Right. And he says, well, when did it change? He said, when I went into the sanctuary, Yeah. when I entered the sanctuary. Right. Then you find out what's really important. <laughs> when you kneel before our Lord, there mm-hmm. we are. There yeah. we are. So, yeah. all right, Don, what do you bring to the table? <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. This is my favorite verse. I use it all the time. It's it's a kind of like a vision statement for my life. Because I figure this is you know, Paul is writing to the Romans. It's in Romans chapter 15, uh in verse 13. And so he's at the end of the letter, he's kind of making his conclusions and he prays for them. So Romans fifteen to thirteen, and he says, May the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so, some translations say overflow with hope, and uh, and so this this idea that first of all our God is the God of hope, right? That's our yep. you know kind of cool that that that's our God. He's the God of hope. And then this statement, I mean, we, you know, Paul is praying, and I'm assuming he's he's being inspired by the Holy Spirit, he's writing a scripture, He's and so what he's saying is that this is God's desire, right? God's desire is to fill us with joy and peace so that we can overflow with hope. And And so when I find myself, which is quite often not having hope and peace and joy, then it's an opportunity for me to look at my life and say, what am I not believing? Or, or what do I need to surrender? Or, or what is it that I need to let go of? Uh, you know, like what needs to change so that I can have hope and peace and joy? And of course, uh, you know, when, in First Peter, it talks about uh, when someone comes up and asks you the reason for your hope, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you should be ready to answer them. Well, that, that kind of presupposes that you're going to have hope And that somehow that hope is going to be evident to people so that when people come up, you know, people will see the hope and come up and say, like, how can you have so much hope? And then, of course, you have the opportunity to say it, which, of course, you know, happens to us all the time. You're walking down the street. People say, hey, how come you have so much hope? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that happens to you all the time, right?
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure that. That when I'm driving down the road and somebody cuts me off and I've just turned and yelled at him through the window that they think I'm a man of hope. You know, I'm a, my witness isn't always as good as it ought to be. So they may not, that's why they're not asking me. <laughs>
1: oh boy. Yes. You but, know? Uh, but vision statement, I think is, it, it helps me to realize what God wants for my life. He wants me to be peaceful and joyful and hopeful
0: Yep. Um, you, know, you know what I've found really enjoyable about this program is, and I, I have in, in front of me the Bible that I have right here is, was actually the Bible that I've used for now almost 30 more years or so, and so I've got all my underlines and this and that, and, yeah. it, and I love it when, it when a guest turns to a verse and I go to my Bible and I have it underlined also. In fact, I You're have right. this verse not only underlined in red, but I have it highlighted in blue, and I have hope, joy, peace, believing in hope all circled in the power of the Holy Spirit additionally underlined. And over way on the right, I wrote benediction, because I often as a Protestant minister would end my worship with this very verse. There you go. That's right. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on, on this verse. And I mean, what can I say? Uh, although I will say as a Protestant, I didn't quite understand hope very well because of my particular theology. In other words, I was a once saved, always saved. So it, 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 it kind of took away the power of hope, mm. if you will, the significance of hope when you just know that Right. when you have that presumption that no matter what I do, I can't lose my salvation. Well, that kind of right. undercuts so much, in, yeah. in, including a call to holiness. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I might even cut to the chase here, Don, and put the two verses together. <laughs> You're just going to jump right ahead, Marcus? <laughs> well, this is it. I think, I mean, your verse is so powerfully stated, if you will, that I think, in some ways, I think putting them together is essential because yes. to understand the true significance of your verse, is to understand it in the midst of suffering. Exactly, that's exactly what it is, right? Actually, uh, it's
1: funny because I have a a class that I do called Entering the Abundant Life, Finding More Hope and Peace and Joy. And everybody wants more hope and peace and joy, so they come, but most of the class is about suffering because that's the reality of our lives, right? I mean, in this life, we are going to suffer. How do you find hope and peace and joy while you're suffering is the key.
0: Yeah, that the beginning of my verse, which is, I re- Paul says, I rejoice in my suffering. And we all want to yeah. say, time out here. How? Uh, exactly. And, and we look at other places like in Philippians 4, where he says, I've learned to be content in all circumstances.
1: Right. <laughs> And, and that's actually a funny verse because it says you know in persecution and in trials and then the last word on that list is calamities and it's like really well you're content with calamities
0: <laughs> but but he's learned contentment right. he's learned it's a process yeah it's a process and sometimes you claim it if you will or i will i will do it regardless of what i feel or in the midst of it and that's that's what I, I was thinking about the the testimony this morning. When you read in the the reading of the o, office of readings on the martyrdom of Cyprian, there's actually two second readings. The first is his letter to Cornelius, but the second is the account of his martyrdom. When he's in front of the governor, and the governor says, Now, no, he asks him a couple of questions, and every time, Sipri says, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at some point, he says, Now, do you claim to be the pontiff of this false religion? And he says, Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in other words, he may not have been feeling a lot of courage at that moment. He may not have been feeling all the things you just said, you know, the calamities that have come down in him. This is it. I mean, this is the end of his life. Yeah. And what he says now, is going to determine whether he's alive for another 2 minutes. Mm. And he said yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he chose hope. Oh. At that moment. Yeah. And as a result of that when you read the account all the other Christians in the thing, let me die too, let me die too. Yeah. <laughs> They're all right. willing to go with Cyprian his witness. That's right. And again in that mixed of Completing what is lacking. What is lacking in our time that we live, Don, in the church? Mm. What is lacking in the church? You read uh, surveys that say more than two-thirds of Catholics no longer even believe in the Eucharist. That's right. Uh, Paul wrote to Timothy in his second letter when he talks about the end times, one of the things he says in that list in chapter 3 is that people will be proclaiming a religion but denying the power of it right yeah yeah
1: yeah, and 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 the idea. I mean, one of the things that I know parishes struggle with is getting volunteers to do stuff, right? And so this past summer, I did a, a small group leader training, and it was all about leadership and servanthood, and and then also leading small groups. And the idea is, you know like we're all evangelists and then you have people that you can invite to a small group that that I've never met that would never come to anything I'm doing at the church and 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 yet the number of people that we could call on to do that is so few when you know I mean like because it involves a sacrifice right i have to sacrifice my time i have to sacrifice you know my some preparation time i have to open up my house to people it's amazing how how little we're willing to suffer
0: for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. And so we don't do much to complete what is lacking in the body of Christ. That's right. You remember, Paul, or our Lord asked somebody to follow him, and these guys had all the excuses that they didn't want to follow. Well, we could add to that list a lot of things today. Oh, it doesn't fit with my soccer schedule. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but I'm playing this game online. I can't stop. Don't bother me. I'm online. Oh. I mean, there we are. And you know, uh, your verse you had, may the God of hope fill you, so there's the work of grace and the Holy Spirit with mm-hmm. all joy and peace. So we recognize that even as John fifteen, when our Lord said, The reason I'm telling you this is that my joy might be in you and our joy That's might right. be complete. I mean, he's talking mm-hmm. about that. But this process of in believing I mean, right. the key of of holding to that which we've been taught was true as as paul right. says in second thessalonians stand firm on the traditions yeah. that you've received yeah
1: yeah believing knowing that there's a life beyond this one and that you know whatever i suffer in this life it's, it's going to be made up for in the next right that that the when we're sacrificing our lives for the sake of the gospel to bring other people into the kingdom then there's no greater love than that right and to lay down your life
0: yeah, in another series of the deep in Scripture programs, we we it's this verse would really fit. We we have a theme that we call being abiding and abounding, mm. and we look at scriptures that talk about being in Christ, in other words, coming into Christ. How do you get into Christ? And then, second of all, well, once you're in Christ, then you're called to abide remain right. continue and even that verse i talked about is that you provided you hold firm but then mm-hmm. there there's that third part that there are promises that we will abound in
1: things that's right. the abundant life
0: and and, and, and right and
1: that's right and being in christ that that's where the abundant life is
0: yeah. yeah and it's that it's the both and in other words we're in it by grace but the mystery of our total freedom to respond to grace, and yep. we have to continue by grace. So that it's a both and all the way through, and That's the result right. of that is the abounding. And he says here that you may abound in hope. Yeah. Uh, that your attitude will have complete confidence in God. Yeah. Uh, not a, a a misplaced presumption that well it doesn't matter how I live, I'm I I'm saved right and, and that's not abounding in hope it's abounding in the trust of god that my future is in his hands and because i can trust yeah. him therefore i can trust in the future because it's in that's him right.
1: yeah. and and all the things that i would have anxiety about you know worrying about my kids or worrying about finances or worrying about you know schedules or loved ones who have bad diagnoses all of those things there's a place of surrendering, right, yeah. that the Lord is, can accomplish his will and that he is always doing good and he's able to bring good out of all things and, and for me to surrender to that and trust it, trust his love, not only for me but for others. There's a place of, of profound peace there, knowing love is in charge of the universe.
0: <laughs> you know, let me ask you one last thing. Um, where would you put, between my verse and your verse, we're putting them together, what place do the sacraments... Have they in your own walk played in both these things? On the one hand, you know, rejoicing in suffering uh, so that, you know, we would complete what's lacking in the church, but also in your, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace and believing so that the power of the Lord may, you may, but how do you see the place of the sacraments?
1: Uh, all right. So two things. <laughs> <Yeah>. First, <laughs> so if if we're offering our sufferings for others, the natural place to do that is at mass, right? At okay. the... At the offertory, we're 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 not just sending our money up; we're sending our lives up onto the altar, and everything about our lives, our, all our pain and suffering and joys and pleasures, go up on that altar. And the priest says, uh, "You know, may my sacrifice and yours yeah. be acceptable." Right, and so we're we're making an offering of our lives at every mass. And so, it, and and there's a very real, you know, John Paul is so explicit in saying. If, if we combine our suffering and we have our intentions that we bring to Mass and say, this is, this is what I'm offering this pain for, uniting it with Christ on the altar, that is the most powerful prayer we can pray. And then, of course, he transforms that offering into his very life, his body and blood and soul and divinity, and returns it to us, right, in the fullness of what that is. And so I can remember uh, in, in Advent a couple of years ago, uh, you know, sitting. I was meditating on Jesus being the light of the world. So Jesus is the light of the world, and and so it comes to the time of communion, and I'm thinking, I'm receiving the light of the world. This is amazing. The light of the world is going to come right into my being. And so I receive communion, and I go back, and I kneel down, and I think, Oh my gosh, this is just amazing. This this whole Eucharistic thing is just amazing. And then I just felt like the Lord said, Now you are the light of the world, and and that just that. It's like how many times have I heard that verse, right? You're the yeah. light of the world. Like, well, that the only way I could be the light of the world is if Christ is literally the light of the world himself is in me, which of course happens in the sacraments. And so, so that's how they fit. I think for me, you it's know, like,
0: okay, I, I, it's when, when Jesus said in John 15 about abide in me and I, and you, and I think it was St. Hilary uh, in the fourth century, whenever St. Hilary lived, he said, uh, But the way we abide in Christ is through the Eucharist. He abides in us and we in him. And just as you said, with his light in us, then we're enlightened to go out and enlighten others. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome, Don. Before we close, tell the audience, just close uh, quickly, what it is you're doing since you've come into the church. And if they want to find out more about what you're doing, take this opportunity to, to pass it along.
1: You would. Well thank you. I uh, if you go to um, evangelizeme.org we have a, a little postulate where we are uh, proclaiming the truth and beauty goodness of the Catholic faith in every opportunity and situation we can. So we do leadership training, we do uh, retreats, we do parish missions, we do uh, you know uh, classes, we do all kinds of things and we try to make it as available to as many people as we possibly can.
0: That was evangelizeme.org. That's right, evangelizeme.org. All right. Thanks a lot, Don, for joining us and also for your work and service to our Lord Jesus Christ. And our prayers are with you because if you've given your life to Christ and are willing to follow him into ministry, you're going to suffer. (laughs) So our, (laughs) our prayers are with you so that you continue to be a witness to him so you can complete what is lacking. In the Amen. body of Christ through your ministry, so thanks a lot, Don. And, thank you, Marcus, and thank all of you pleasure. for oh, and thank all of you for joining us on this episode of Deep in Scripture. I hope our discussion has been encouragement to you. God bless you. Look forward to joining you again next week. Thanks. Deep in Scripture is a production of the Coming Home Network International. To hear more episodes, view our full archive of written and video conversion stories, participate in our online community forum, and more, visit chnetwork.org. You're also invited to explore free membership in the Coming Home Network and receive support on your own Catholic journey. Again, visit chnetwork.org for more information.